Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another church online experience. It's hard to believe that we have been eight weeks into this uh, different pace of life, and we have been in a series of messages since Easter talking about a little bit of wisdom goes a long way. If ever there was a time in our nation that we needed some wisdom, that we needed to know the right thing to do in the right way at the right time, it has been in the season we're in, in this global pandemic known as COVID-19. Uh, as a church, we are navigating uh, the white water of how to make the best wise decisions on reopening. We're planning to reopen uh, our campuses, Iglesia, Timber Creek Lufkin, and Timber Creek Knack on May 31st with two services, 9.30 and 11.15. More details to come in the weeks to follow, and we're going to be keeping our ear to the ground and, and our nose to the grindstone and figuring out what's the wise thing and how is the, what are the wise actions we take to make sure we're able to get back to where we want to be, not just, not just on locations, but also online together. Uh, miss you guys, and I can't wait to see what God does in the next few weeks uh, he's still in control. He's not caught off by surprise. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be okay, everybody. But wisdom, uh, wisdom is this idea of competence in regards to the true realities of life. Competence meaning skills to pay the bills on the true realities. Many people are living, like my kids sometimes, in an alternate reality. They don't understand that money doesn't grow on trees. They, they don't understand that, no, we can't say yes, 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 all the time. Sometimes we got to figure out how to say, you know, no. And so they, they don't sometimes live in the true realities of life. And wisdom helps us gain the right skills, not only um, through our own intellect, but through the spiritual guidance of Jesus himself on how to walk through the realities of life. It's Mother's Day. And I have a wise mama. I'm so thankful for Karen Yancey who raised us kids right. Thank you, mom, for always telling me uh, privately that I was your favorite, um, even though I have two more siblings and I know they're okay. But thank you, mom, for loving me the most. But you know what mom gave and still continues to give? Uh, mom had some mother's wisdom. She had some good wisdom. And many times it wasn't so much in a list of things that she would say for us to do, but it was kind of packaged in different things she would say. And uh, it wasn't just uh, alone with her. It was also with dad. But it's Mother's Day, so she gets the credit for these, okay? One of the things that she would say, here's some words of wisdom from my mom. Whenever she would drop us kids off at, at school, every single time she was dropped off, it was tradition, and now it's been handed down to the rest of the grandkids, my children and my brother and sisters, their children, uh, was this, the statement, keep your hand in the hand of Jesus. What good wisdom for us as we walk to make sure that we're being close to Christ. Now, we didn't just grow up with a bunch of real spiritual, you know, <laughs> cleanliness is next to godliness. You know, it wasn't all spiritual or anything. There was also statements like, shut the door, were you born in a barn? And uh, our snide remark back would be, no, I wasn't born in a barn, but Jesus was. And if it was good enough for him, maybe it should be good enough for you. <sighs> anyway, maybe you have a parent that used to say, if they jumped off a bridge, would you? Well, it depends on if you're jumping into the lake or not. But yeah, maybe. I don't know. You know, when we used to play sports, in particular basketball in high school and soccer, um, 
you might get a, you might get a flag, you know, you might get a, a, a yellow or you might get a red card or you might get a foul in basketball. And I could hear my mom yell out these wise words from the bleachers, whether it be in a basketball, uh, on the basketball court or there at the soccer stadium, she would yell out, be nice out there. Like, you know, you're trying to be tough on the basketball court. And she's saying, be nice. You don't have to be like Jesus. Okay. Many times my mom uh, would get her feathers a little ruffled uh, when we would complain about what we had and what other, what we didn't have and what other uh, families did. So like, you know, I had my friends, the Gherkins who had four wheelers and they had like cool, like Nintendo and we didn't have a Nintendo. They got the, they got the power pad. Like they had all kinds of stuff and we'd go home and we'd complain to mom, you know, man, I w- why can't you guys give us stuff like, like Rusty's mom gives us? And she would give this wise statement. Then why don't you go live with them since you think their mom is so much better than me? Okay. Like easy mom, easy mom. Here's another one that she would say, why, why wisdom? Do you want your mouth washed out with soap? I think the answer is no. Who wants their mouth washed out with soap? And my mom didn't just use like a bar of soap. It was what we called the palm olive treatment. If you said the wrong things, you'd have to go sit on the edge of the bathtub. She would take a thing of palm olive and open up and you'd have to hold that palm. We were burping bubbles for days, for days. Anyway, one of the things that was very scary that she would say in wisdom and still does is, Jesus knows. We try to hide something. She said, are you telling me the truth? Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Jesus knows. And he's going to tell me if you're lying. Scared us to death. And absolutely, Jesus did tell her, okay? Um, Here's one that I think that I'm already saying now that I have a, 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 a middle schooler and a senior in high school now. It's something I'm saying, but it's words of wisdom that I picked up from my mom, and it's this. You'll understand when you're a parent. You don't understand right now. You don't get it, but you'll understand when you're a parent. You know why? Because in the capacity of life they're in right now, they don't quite have enough life lived under their belt in order to understand the realities, competence in the true realities of life. And the older us kids have gotten, I've heard my mom not saying those statements as much as statements like, it was just yesterday we brought you home from the hospital. As I prepare to see my daughter um, start her final year of high school, I can't help but think back to the night my wife became a mom and how our world radically shifted in those moments. Um, The more we visit for Christmas or parents will come down and visit us for a holiday, uh, when it's time for them to leave or it's us to leave, my mom Um, says these words of wisdom, these goodbyes get harder and harder because that space is tough and we miss each other. Thank God we have strong relationship and the goodbyes are harder and harder. For some of you, I know it's sad, but like your goodbyes are like easier and easier. I know it's it's unfortunate. For us, it, it gets harder and harder. And then also, you know, where did the time go? Anybody ever said that? Have you said that recently? You see your kids growing up. You see maybe a grandparent. You see your grandkids or your great-grandkids. You see how old your kids now have gotten. Where did the time go? 
I want to talk to you about time today. As much as I'm thankful for the mothers and happy Mother's Day to you, we honor you moms. In fact, the book of Proverbs talks about uh, fools do not honor their mom. So mom, we honor you. We want to be wise people and we honor our moms today. But today's message is not so much about moms as much as wisdom in life and time. If you're taking notes, you may just want to jot this down. My time equals my life. Your, your life is the accumulation of how you spent your time. And your time is unbelievably valuable and it is measured and you're not going to get more of it later and you're not going to necessarily get l- less of it. You have a certain amount of time. The book of Job says it like this. Job chapter 14. A person's days, your days, my days, their days, holidays, a person's days are determined You have decreed the number of his months and have set limits he cannot exceed. The truth is, we don't know who the old people are in the room you're in right now. It's not just about age. Your your, your oldness is not so much about how old you are. It's it's how, when your life is over. So for, for some of us, you may be 60 and you're going to live to 90. You're, you're not that old. And there are others that you're 22 and, and unfortunately, you may not live to 30. You, you feel young, but you're not. Um, oldness isn't based on when we were born. It's based on when we die. And a person's days are determined, the Bible says. And we think that we can... We can um, add all these things to our life that we can indulge, we can make life bigger, we can make life grander, and we can chase stuff, and we can pursue dreams, and the, the, we can have the pursuit of happiness, but, but write these, these down. I can, I can overeat, <laughs> been there, done that. I can overspend. Hello, anybody ever been there? Maybe you're right there right now. Stimulus check, gone. I can overachieve. I can go beyond, I can, I can go the extra mile, but you and I, what we need to understand when it comes to time, and your time is your life, and your life is equal to your time, I cannot overlive. You've got one life, and you need to make the most of that time. Now, we want to make the most of our time because we want to make the most of our lives. Nobody, I think nobody, wakes up and looks themselves in the mirror and says, give it your mediocre. Like, like nobody does that. They say, give it your best. Let's go. Man, if I can just, if I can just you know, barely make it. We want, to, we want to thrive. We really do. But here's our challenge. In an effort to get the most out of life, in an effort to get the most out of life, We run and we run and we go and we go. In the effort to get the most out of life, we lose control of our lives. And a life where you've lost control feels like you're running in the red line of your RPMs. It feels like you have no breathing room. It feels like, ugh, what am I going to do with all this? Now, maybe that has shifted slightly because of COVID. Maybe you have found yourself reprogramming because your time has changed. You have not changed in how many hours you have. Every person on the planet, whether it's the president of the United States or the president of the Glee Club, you you have 168 hours. It's it. No, no, No more, no less. 168. But in an effort to get the most of those, we tend to lose 
control. We need space between our pace and our limits. And many people, we have lost the space between our pace and our limits. You know, there is space between me and the camera. I need space between me and the camera so that the camera can focus in right, so that the camera can get the the, the right amount of this goodness. (laughs) You're welcome, America. That's a joke. But if I start losing space between me and the camera and our cameraman, Courtney, um, the, the closer I get, the more he has to work and finagle the, uh, the, the focus. And the closer I get, the, the less you can see. The closer I am, it gets a little weird, right? And before you know it, happy Mother's Day. I'm back. Okay, so I'm going to back up. Let me make my point, okay? The cameramen are like, what in the world are you doing Let me say this, many of us are living on the very edge of the cliff called your time and you need some guardrails. You need to back up off the edge. You can't just live in the red line of your life, but in order to get the most out of it, we tend to lose control of it. And so today I wanna offer you a few thoughts. In fact, let me give you four things we know about time but we often choose to ignore these things. They are four truths we know about time, but we choose to ignore them. Here's the first one. It's a truth. Investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative. It it adds up. It's, it's, It's one step at a time at a time. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago, wisdom is built on the pathway It's built on a pathway that we walk, a slow and steady pathway of life. And it's built in the good or bad choices we make every single day. Good choices every single day add up, add up, add up, add up. Many people want to day trade their way into a nest egg. They they want to get that net, get, get rich quick next step. They want to watch one show on HGTV and all of a sudden they become house flippers, going to make bazingle bajillion dollars, right? They want to do it in one shot. But the truth is an investment of small amount over time, over time, over time, is cumulative. It adds up. If you pray with your spouse every day, it doesn't have to be a big, beautiful prayer. A little prayer every day, a small deposit, it's cumulative. If you have meals together as a family, it's cumulative. If you spend time together, it's cumulative. Um, But the other side is true, that many times when we don't spend time um, we, we investing small amounts of time in a negative way can also be. In, in fact, if you've said one time won't hurt, one time won't hurt just, you know, this little piece of cheesecake or, you know, I'm going to cheat on my diet just this one time. Well, one time won't hurt. It, you, you're, you're correct. But it also, it won't help. One time in the gym in January won't help. One time. Yeah, I hit that 30-minute 30 30 ab workout. Oh, yeah, have you been doing? Yeah, I did that for 30 minutes in 2018, you know. Let me tell you something. The seven-minute abs, it's not about seven minutes. It's about seven minutes a day, small amounts of time every single day, or seven minutes five times a day, whatever that looks like. One time won't help. Um, One time won't hurt. You've got to add it up. Number two, neglect. Just like small investments of time can be cumulative, neglect is cumulative. 
to. In fact, if I neglect working out, if I neglect the phone calls to the right people, if I neglect the mealtime with my family, if I neglect the prayer time with my wife, if I neglect quiet time with Jesus, that neglect adds up as well. And in fact, it's really easy and costly to neglect things. You may want to write it down. The price I pay to make small deposits of time pales in comparison to the price I pay for neglect. Can I say something to you, everybody? When we come back on May 31st, we're going to give you opportunities as we, as we kind of slide in, as we dip our toe in the water and we walk down the steps of the shallow end of the pool and we slowly get to the place where we're swimming in the deep end together as Timber Creek Church. As we get to that place over time, I want you to know there are plenty of opportunities for you to serve. But if you're saying, I'm just too busy to be a part of the church, I'm just too busy, I, I want you to know, the price you pay to make the small investments of time in the most important things pales in comparison of the price you'll pay. I'm just too busy to go back to church. I'm just too busy to be on the, on the, in the physical location. Just too busy, just too busy, just too busy. Do not underestimate the power of neglecting making the right investments of time. Here, here's another truth about time that we choose to ignore. Number three, random. Random has zero cumulative value. The right investment of time has cumulative value. Negative investment of time has cumulative value. But ricochet, what, 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 that kind of randomness, it has zero value. Now think, think about this. On one hand, just take your hands and put them right in front of you and, and uh, uh, hold out your, your left hand first, okay? No, your other, your other left. There, there you go, good. So your left hand, think about your five fingers on your left hand. Think about five days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Think about 30 minutes a day, 30, 60, 90, 120, 150. That is two and a half hours, 150 minutes in five days. Think about working out, okay, for 30 minutes a day, five days a week. That's two and a half hours of working out. Think about one hour sitting down and having a meal five days a week, one hour a day, five days. That's five hours of meal time with people that are important in your life. Think about that, okay? Now, let me ask you, did you spend 30 minutes a day, five days a week? Did you have five meals that were roughly 30 to minutes to an hour? Okay, if you say no, I want you to, if you say yes, awesome, you're on the right track. If you say no, go to your other hand, go to your right hand. And I want you to think of instead, instead of 30 minutes a day, five days a week, I worked out. What did you do in that time frame instead? Instead of eating that meal together, what did you do instead? Well, I mean, I, I, just, I did something. You really don't know because random stuff, you don't keep track of random. In fact, you may want to write it down. I can't add up the value of random events because I won't even remember them Another piece of wisdom my mom gave us as, as young parents years ago, write down as many things that your kids say and do because you'll forget them. And you know what? We weren't very wise. And we didn't write very much stuff down, to be honest with you. Um, can I just say to you, when you're taking pictures, try not to take pictures with your phone of just landscaping, of just the Lincoln Memorial of just a plate of food with the tagline, yummo, nom, 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 nom. 
has somebody in that picture because that random picture of spaghetti isn't gonna mean a thing in six weeks. It's not gonna mean a thing, but the people in those pictures mean everything. And you can't add up the value of those random events because you won't even remember what you did for that 30 minutes a day, those five days a week, three weeks ago. You won't remember it. So you gotta be careful and be wise with your time. A fourth thing, in the areas that matter most, I can't make up for misspent time. I can't make up for it. I can't catch up on the marathon of life and make up. Guys, you can't make up for misspent time all year with your spouse by buying the biggest teddy bear for your wife on Valentine's Day. Yeah, newsflash, don't do that anyway, all right? It's a pain in the, it's a pain. To have that big old teddy bear. Anyway, we have one in the staff. The, the interns cut out the stuffing of the big old teddy bear uh, at our church staff, and they were scaring people with it. They got into it, and we're scaring people with that teddy bear. We thought we had a demon-possessed bear uh, running around, teddy rupskin. Anyway, moving on. In the areas that matter most, I can't make up for misspent time. I can't, I can't. Cram for the exam, as I mentioned earlier. When it comes for wisdom, it takes time. I can't cram for it. You write it down this way. I can't pull an all-nighter for life. You cram for an exam because C's get degrees, baby. That was my motto in college. C's get degrees. But I can't pull an all-nighter for the life I'm trying to live that will honor God. So let me ask you this question. Okay, Ask yourself this question. If you were God, <laughs> let's stop there. You're like, huh, well, I'm not. But do you know what? When you try to take all your time and your decisions into your own hand, you're basically saying, I want to be God. When you sit on the throne of your own decisions and you don't submit yourself and trust him more than you trust yourself, you're basically saying, I think I'm going to be a better God than him. That's what happens. That's why Jesus is clear. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's the first and greatest commandment. Because out of that love, you'll learn to trust him. And so if you think if you were God, well, that's a little bold. Many times when we sit on the throne of our lives, we're acting like we're God. But I digress. If you were God and you loved you, because can I say something to you? God isn't mad at you. He's, he's not, he doesn't have his arms crossed up, leaning over the walls of heaven, tapping his foot, just waiting for an opportunity to slap you in the face with a belt. He loves you. He loves you. And he, and he sees you right where you are. And he knows where you could be, but he doesn't hold that against you. He has a plan for you. And he'll meet you where you are, not where you wish you were or where you should have been. If you were God and you loved you, what advice would you give you regarding your time? If you could step back. See, it's easy for you to give advice for how other people should spend their time. But if you were God and you loved you, what advice would you give you regarding your own time? Well, we don't have to even, we don't have to think about it. We don't have to guess because God gave us his advice through the word. The word of God is the moral compass for our lives. And in Ephesians, the apostle Paul, through the spirit of God, uh, speaking through Paul's writings, here's what Paul says to us. Therefore, be careful, watch it, 
careful. Check your limits. Don't let the engine get into the red line. Make sure that you're watching the guardrails. Be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. What does it mean the days are evil? You know what? The days don't care how you spend your days. The days aren't your friend. Your days are okay with you wasting your days, with you spending your days and looking back on your deathbed and saying, what did I do with my life? Your days don't care. So you got to be wise. And you got to make the most of your time because your days won't. Paul goes on to say, so then, don't be foolish. In other words, don't know what to do and yet ignore it. That's what the foolish person does. They, they, don't know, they know what to do, but they ignore. Don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And the will of the Lord is that you would be wise with your time. And so as we wrap up today, I want to offer you just a, a couple of questions to ask yourself right now. Um, whether you're a mom, you're a dad, you're single, you're young, you're old, you're a senior saint, or you're just dipping your toe in the water of investigating the claims of Christ. Can I tell you, if, if you're just listening because you just scrolled by or you just thought you'd listen and you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, you're not inviting Jesus to be the center of your life, you don't have to do any of this. You can spend your time however you want. But if you're a Christ follower, your life is not your own. You were bought with a price and you need to leverage your life the way Jesus would invite you to leverage your life because your time equals your life. So here's a question. What do I need to say no to for now? Do you know that no isn't a cuss word, but many times we treat it that way? It's hard for us to say no to things. It's hard for us to say no to our kids. It's hard for us to say no to extracurricular activities. It's hard for us to say no to that expenditure. It's hardest to us to say no to, 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 to ourselves and our drive. It's hard to say no. But what do I need to say no to for now? You know, maybe right now you need to say no to those extra things outside of the home because your kids aren't going to be there forever. You're going to snap your fingers just like my mom and said, where has the time gone? And so there's some no's you need to learn to say, to say yes to the best and say no to the good things. You may want to write it down. Saying no is not a rejection to people. It's a necessary protection for yourself. Saying no is not a rejection. It's a, it's a protection mechanism. How can we learn to just say No. It's a question that will help you with your time. You'll get wiser when you can learn to say no in the right way. Number two, where do I need to begin making consistent deposits of time? Nobody, nobody can be the first husband of my wife other than me. I am my wife's first husband. I can't, nobody else can take that place. Nobody else can take the place of, of Graham and Sage's daddy. If somebody going to try, I'm going to take them to the ground. I just promise you right now. As a matter of fact, I told Janet the other day, I said, hey, I just want you to know um, if, you know, if I ever die, you, you can remarry. And she goes, okay, I know, I know. I said, oh, well, easy, <laughs> you know. And I said, but I don't want them to play with my golf clubs. And she said, that's okay, they're left-handed. <clears throat> like she had already picked them out. Anyway, okay, I, I, I'm moving on. Where do I need to begin making consistent deposits of my time. 
Every week, you have an opportunity to tune into Timber Creek Church. Every week, you have an opportunity to choose how you're going to leverage your weekend. Every week, you have an opportunity to choose how you're going to spend your time with your family. I want you to follow me over to this little illustration. And I've got, I've got three buckets representing our time. And, and I want to show you that uh, parents, those of you that have had kids out of school, it's like been spring break forever, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> like the average kid, all right, this is school. The average kid will spend 1,200 hours in school a year. 1,200 hours of school. How are we leveraging that time in their schoolwork to, to help them become good deciders and good adults that can make good decisions, hopefully using the word of God as the moral compass for every decision they make, all right? Now, as, as kids that go to church, if you go to church every single Sunday and your kids are in kid works, that's about... 60 hours a year. This is 1,200 hours, but your time in church with your kids' spiritual development, whoop, uh-oh, these are COVID hours. See, those, those don't even count because those are COVID anyway. Because I know that most of you, including my own family, we don't spend 52 weeks a year in the church. So that's at the very max that's how much time your kids are hearing the message of Jesus and the gospel from someone besides you. 1,200 hours at school. This is how much they're getting in church. Parents. That's about how much time we have with our kids in a year at the house. A little bit at a time adds up. Where do I need to begin making consistent deposits of time? Because if you're anything like me, if you're anything like my wife and I, we struggle with making the most of our time. You know why? Because of deadlines, because of work. My wife works full-time outside the home. I work full-time outside the home. <laughs> um, we have demands in our kids' extracurricular activities, plus we have demands of other people, and, and we can get overwhelmed, and we can feel the pressure, um, and then we can get discouraged. And we look back and say, oh, how did she become a senior? How is our son going into middle school? Did we do our best? Have we prepared them? Are we preparing them? How have we spent our time? Because random won't make up anything in their lives. How have we deposited consistently the right things? And I want you to know if you feel under pressure, maybe you have some regrets. You're not alone. The Apostle Paul also says in 2 Corinthians we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. Maybe that's how you feel right now with the time. 
As it turned out though, it was the best thing that could have happened. Do you know that when you feel like your pace is is out of control, it's a great way for you to sing Carrie Underwood, Jesus take the wheel. It's a good time for you to recalibrate, pull back on the throttle, let let the line get out of the red line, pull the RPMs back and recalibrate and be wise with your time. Paul says, instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. It's not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead. So a key question I want to leave you with today, the key question when it comes to how we're leveraging our time, here it is. What would my time look like if God were in charge of it? You know what your time looks like when you're in charge. But what would your time look like if God were in charge? I can tell you this. You would want to make the most important things the most important things. You would want to make sure that the most important people got the best part of your day. And guys, I've, I've struck out on that before. And if anything, if COVID is teaching me anything, It is this lesson, make the most of our time. We're not good at it. We have a hard time teaching ourselves this. So it's a prayer that we pray. In fact, God breathed a prayer through Moses in the book of Psalm, Psalm chapter 90. The prayer is this, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. One day at a time, numbering those days, valuing those days. It's a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of wisdom. And I want to tell you, a little bit of that kind of wisdom will go a really long way. Would you just close your eyes right where you are? Can we pray over this? Maybe you need to put your hands on your heart and ask Jesus to forgive you because you've wasted so much time. Maybe you can't get back the misspent time, but you can start making deposits today. Jesus, I have fallen short of investing my time in the right way all the time. Forgive me. Lord, help me. Teach me, because I'm a terrible teacher of this to myself. Teach me to number my days, to make those days count because my days equal my time and my time equals my life so that I can gain a heart of wisdom. Friends, your time has been ticking away. Maybe it's time for you to stop being your own God and it's time to take this moment, this day, May 10th, 2020, Mother's Day. Don't do it because of mama. You don't need to make mama proud. But Jesus has been waiting for you to invite him to be the center of your life. People have been praying for you. People have been hoping that you would come to this intersection of your life. And here it is. Don't waste it. Don't be random with it. Don't wait for a crisis to get things right. In this moment, you may need to just say, Jesus, I want to take the time right now to make you the king of my life. I surrender everything I have and everything I am to you. Give me a heart of wisdom and make the most of my time. 
to be wise and to follow in your footsteps. I surrender all to you. I ask it in Jesus' name, the strong son of God. Everybody said amen.